0: My tomorrow must be greater than today. Hello, welcome to the Hour of Power presented by the World Mission Project together with City Victory Church. 60 minutes of God's Word, inspirational music, and live call in prayer time from you and our listeners. World Mission Project is dedicated to reaching the lost and equipping believers for the work of the ministry around the world. We want you to know that Jesus has the power to save, heal, deliver, and bless you. Jesus has the power for every hour of your life. This program is presented first in English by our. Our director, Brother Matthew Clark of the USA and the special singers The Rafter in Uganda by Pastor John Wanderer of the City Victory Church. We invite you to call a friend and ask them to listen with you now. You can call us on 0774 45 19 37 or 0773 17 37 33 or 0777 35 87 85. Remember, Jesus has power for every hour of your life.
1: If you have your Bibles, open with me to Luke chapter 1 verse 26. Luke. Chapter 1, verse 26, I'll be in the Passion Translation. It says, During the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, the angel Gabriel was sent from God's presence to an unmarried girl named Mary, living in Nazareth, a village in Galilee. And she was engaged to a man named Joseph, a true descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Rejoice, beloved young woman, for the Lord is with you, and you were anointed with great favor. Mary was deeply troubled over the words of the angel, bewildered over what this may mean for her. But the angel reassured her, saying, Do not yield to your fear. Mary, for your Lord has found delight in you, has chosen to surprise you with a wonderful gift, and you will become pregnant with a baby boy, and you are to name him Jesus. He will be supreme and will be known as the Son of the Highest. The Lord God will enthrone him as king on the throne of his ancestor David. He will reign as king of Israel forever, and his reign will have no limit. Mary said, but how could this happen? I'm still a virgin. Gabriel answered, the spirit of holiness will fall on you. Almighty God will spread a shadow of power over you in a cloud of glory. This is why the child born to you will be holy and it will be called the son of God. What's more, your aged Aunt Elizabeth has also become pregnant with a son. The barren one is now in her sixth month. Not one promise from God is empty of power. Nothing is impossible with God. And the Mary responded saying, yes. I will be a mother for the Lord. As his servant, I accept whatever he has for me. May everything you have told me come to pass. And the angel left her. Wow, what a story. And so as we are in this Christmas season, I want to think about a little bit about this, um, this storyline from Mary, right? <laughs> you think of like... I don't know if we realize or really contemplate a lot of times during the Christmas story what she must have been going through, right? Because for her to receive this word, she's about to be ridiculed. She's about to go through some stuff, right? Um, and so it talks about she was highly favored, right? The the angel tells her she's highly favored. God has found great favor with you. And it's like, really, if, if, if this is favor, I don't know if I want it because everybody, including my fiance, right? My fiance is about to be mad. He's going to want to leave me. People in my community, my family, friends, everybody's going to want to communicate me. Um, But when we talk about favor, we have to have this um, eternal perspective um, because it may not look like favor in the natural. You know, it may not look like favor to, um, when we're going through these things and people want to talk about us and things like that. And, uh, favor in our life becomes, um, what I found it, it reveals issue in people around you, right? Because when Mary's walking in this favor, is also revealing the issues that people have. Right? They're gossiping. They're they're going to start ridiculing and all these things. And um, and so really, it's bringing out that in their in their life. Right? And so your favor is not always just going to get you the 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 best thing at the supermarket right your your favor upon you is it may cause sometimes for people to look at you different it may cause for people to who don't understand favor who don't understand the ways of God and so that's what's going on in her life right and so our ability to carry that favor well that's going to determine the increase in our life right because even though that favor he said you've been highly favored she is she still has these issues, right, that people in the community, the ridicule, all those things, and and her ability to carry that favor well it brings the increase, right? And so, um, I mean, you got to think about um, right before this, her cousin Elizabeth, you know, who is pre- pregnant with John the Baptist, um, Zechariah, his mouth had to be closed because he couldn't shut it off, right? Like, we don't want you to because of your words to, to cancel out. What John the Baptist is supposed to be, right? So Zechariah, you got to have your mouth closed, and then whenever he's born, we'll let you open your mouth again, right? So Mary receives this word, and in that in that receiving of that word and that favor she's carrying, we see the increase, right? In verse twenty-eight that says, "And rejoice," and, and so like she's already told to be rejoicing even before the baby is born, right? So for nine months. She don't even know if this is really going to happen, right? I mean, there's got to be some doubts here and there every now and then, like your flesh wants to kick in and say, is this really going to happen? And so for nine months, she's not like she's seeing the baby right off the bat. But she's already told to rejoice before the baby's even born. Usually we rejoice after the baby's born, like after we know that everything went well, we carried it, right? We took our prenatal vitamins, went to the doctor, we did all the right things, and then it comes to pass. Now, she's told before, right, just because she received the seed of God, the word of God. Just because she received that didn't rejoice. She is told to rejoice because the word is coming. Right, right, The word will become flesh and dwell here among us. Who is the word? The word is Jesus. So she's getting a word from God. The word is Jesus and she's letting it be implanted into her and in that she's told to already start rejoicing. Man, wow! What could we do with that? Right? Because we had been given the word of God. And whenever our, um, we get a word implanted to us, right, we, sometimes we choke out that, right? Mark chapter 4 talks about those seeds that are planted. A lot of times we let the things of the world choke out the seed or the enemy comes and steals the seed. But Mary had that heart to receive the seed in that perfect environment. And one of the things we see that is a good environment for the seed to grow in was what? Rejoicing. So go ahead and rejoice that the seed is coming, that the word of God is coming, the word will come to pass. So go ahead and rejoice in that. Um, last week, one of the things we looked at was in Nehemiah when he told him, like, the joy of the Lord is your strength. You're gonna know you're gonna need that strength. So he told him not go home and, and like cry about it and repent about your sin, but repent, but then be what? Be joyful, right? And so if we actually just knew. What was already settled in heaven? If we just already knew what was already offered to us in heaven, again, Ephesians says everything in the heavenlies, all spiritual blessings been granted to us. I believe that we could just see into that spiritual realm. We would see what has actually been done and is already settled in heaven. We would already rejoice, even though we're not seeing it in the natural yet. Even though we don't we don't see like the nine months later yet, the baby already coming out like we can still rejoice because we know it is already accomplished, right? And I think the father, that's what he's doing. Abba, he's looking for people to come into alignment with his word, to what he has spoken over us and over our lives, to come into agreement with that. That's what Mary is doing here. She is coming to agreement with what the word that was planted to her says. And then there's a display of his intent on the earth. Everything he has intended for you is impossible on your own. Everything right like we always want to do only what we think we can do right but usually what he does is he says no i want you to do this why so he can be displayed through it right that's what he does. He want, he calls you out to do things that you couldn't do on your own. Why? So he can be displayed on it. So you could be in total dependency on him. So that it is him working through you, not you working on your own. And then look at that verse in verse 7. Nothing is impossible with God, right? Like it may be impossible with man, but nothing is impossible with God. The word no, um, the word nothing there is two separate things, no thing. And what we get there is the word. Rama. And it's actually what that word nothing there is no Rama. And so rhema is It's different than the logos word. The logos word is the written word of God, the Bible, what we have written in in the black and the white that we get to study, that we get to read. But the rhema word is the freshly spoken word of God, right? You get a prophecy spoken over you. You get a word from God. And he whispers in your heart. Um, he tells you he's got this. He, he gives you this inkling in your heart that says, this is what I want you to do. I want you to rise up and go do this, right? There's that freshly spoken word of God. And so, Bill, Johnson breaks it down like this for you. He says, no freshly spoken word of God. This is what that's saying in that. No freshly spoken word of God will ever come to you that does not contain its own ability to perform itself. Let's just say that one more time. No freshly spoken word of God will ever come to you that does not contain its own ability to perform itself. So that seed is coming to you and that seed form. And it, it already contains everything it needs in that seed. It is already contained inside of it. Um, and, but it needs a place. It needs a, it needs a soil. It needs a good ground, a fertile ground that it can go into and be planted into and, and harbor that into that, into that soil and, and grow it and water it and fertilize it until what? Until it sprouts out and becomes what it was supposed to be. You know, in James chapter 1 and verse 21, it says, Receive the word implanted to you, which is able to save your souls. And that part, he wasn't talking about salvation. What he's talking about is you becoming whole in your soul. and your heart, your will, your mind, your emotions to become whole in that, receive the word that was implanted to you. So the power then is not necessarily in the ability to receive, but but the power really is in the word. The power is in that seed, in the word, right? I receive the word, okay? And so I want you to think about like an acorn. An acorn falls out of the tree and it is a seed. And it gets planted into the ground. And when you take that acorn seed and you plant it into the ground, what begins to happen is over time in that, in that good soil, right? If it's in good soil, it's going to begin to grow. Sunlight, water, fertilizer, things of that nature in a good environment, not too cold, not too hot, not drying it out. And it's a good place and a resting place. And it encapsulates that seed. And what happens is that seed begins to grow. And over time, it goes from an acorn and it goes all the way into this big oak tree. That oak tree spreads out, right? Just picture that in your mind. It begins to take root. And it begins to not only spread out above ground, but it begins to spread out below the ground. The root system in an oak tree is phenomenal. I mean, those things spread out as wide as the tree as the tree limbs do. And it's all up under the ground. It's going here, there, and yonder. And it's a strong structure, right? Oak trees even stay, um, they stay green through the winter, right? And so it, it grows out so big and strong. It's one of the strongest tree root. It's one of the uh, strongest trees. Um, strongest wood that we get, right? And so in that, it also grows out many more acorns, right? There was multiple acorns It's going to grow and grow, and they're going to fall off the trees for years on end, and that um, the animals get to come, and, and like squirrels and, and rabbits and things of that nature, they begin to come, and, and they begin to feed off the acorns, right? Birds get to come and to make their homes and, and nest inside of those places and rest in there. It also offers shade to people. People. It offers um, it offers all these things for life. And it all started in that little acorn. Just that little acorn. It contained all that. And that little acorn, it had all those leaves. And that little acorn, it had all those branches. And that little acorn, it had all those root system. And that acorn, it had all those extra acorns that are going to start popping out everywhere. In that one little acorn, it had life. And that one little acorn, it had everything that it needed to produce what it was supposed to be, and that was to be an oak tree. You see, the word of God works so much just like that. It just needs a place. The word of God is seed, and it needs a heart to receive the seed so that it will grow, so that it will grow into what he has called it unto be. So, in John chapter 1, and verse 1, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word, what? Was God. He is the Word. He is the Word of God. Jesus is the Word. He is what needs to be implanted into us. And so, if He is going to be in us, Right? He lives inside of us, you know. With our little kids, we'll pray the little prayer, receive Jesus into your heart. And so, we as adults need to realize what we're really praying, right? He's not just this little tiny little man that he's just bouncing around in your heart. No, he is coming in as seed form, right? And you, every day, are to be coming more into this nature of Christ. Every day, he is making you more into the image of Christ. Second Corinthians talks about, and you're coming more into the image of. Christ because he has already placed everything in you for life and godliness, he says. Why? Because he placed the seed of God in you. And so in this in this verse one of John chapter one, He says, beginning with the word and the word was with God, the word was God, that is Jesus. And then over 13 more verses later in, in, in verse 14, he says, and the word was made flesh, dwelt, tabernacled here among us. That's where he came and he came to tabernacle with us, right? And so As he came and and that word became flesh, it started as a seed, and that seed was implanted into Mary. And Mary, for nine months, carried that seed, and then the word became flesh and dwelt here among us. 1 Peter 1.23 says, you've received the incorruptible seed. He is the incorruptible seed. The incorruptible seed was him, and he was implanted into Mary, and now you can receive the incorruptible seed. It, that is talking, that word seed in 1 Peter 1, the word seed there in the Greek is the word sperma, and it's meaning it's sowing that seed into you. And so you get to receive the incorruptible seed of Jesus Christ, no longer of Adam, no longer of the line of Adam, but now of the line of Jesus Christ, the line of Judah, he is in you. He is in everything in you. So that everything that John says, everything that is Christ is who he is now, so are you in this world. So think about that. In that seed form is everything that he is. But you got to receive it. You got to receive it unto yourself. You got to receive him. You got to receive the word planted. You got to continue to speak over that seed, water that seed, believe that seed, right? And as you do, you're creating in your heart a place for that thing to harbor in. And whenever it's harboring into that nurture and that soil is finding a good place for it, it begins to grow. You know, originally, the Father created mankind in in Genesis. Remember when he did that? He did that by speaking the whole earth into existence. Let there be light, right? And as he began to do that, he began to release his word over this earth. And it became what we see before us. His authority was then released to Adam, right? And so when that authority was released to Adam and Eve, what did they do? They gave up their authority to the enemy. Jesus came to get it back. But whenever they released that authority, there was no one in direct access to, anymore right like they could they had this talking that they would do they had you know that um and and through the Old Testament we see priests and they would go into the Holy of Holies and things like that, but not direct access like we have today, not the direct access that we saw the relationship that Jesus and the Father had, which we have available for us today. So for thousands of years, they were receiving revelation, just line upon line, precept upon precept. So there was a little bit, there was a prophet here and a prophet there and a prophet would come on the scene and he'd get a little bit and he would get a little bit of knowledge and he'd get a little bit that he would speak out. And what, what happened is they were speaking out over this earth what Jesus was going to be whenever he came, whenever he showed up. And finally, there was enough revelation spoken out about who Jesus was and who he was going to be. Enough people finally lined up with God's plan. And then the fullness of time came. That's Galatians 4, verse 4. When the fullness of time came, right? That's whenever it happened. And so we when the fullness of time came, spoken to Mary, and she received and conceived the word of God. And when she received the word and all the words, everything that was ever spoken about Jesus up to this point, all prophets, all the things that they had spoken about him and foretold about Jesus were implanted in her womb in that one little seed. Just like that acorn. So all those things that was said about Jesus and planted into that seed and she received it and said so be it let it be verse 38 in that chapter let it be unto me Mary says according to your word let it be unto me according to your word you see Jesus whenever he was here on this earth he manifests the father here on this earth so what are we to do we are is that verse we looked at last week, for as many as received him, they became the sons of God. So as sons of God, to be revealed here on this earth, we are to do the same, what? Manifest the Father. God can be revealed as other things on this earth, like he can be revealed as Jehovah Rapha, um, the God who heals. He can be um, Jehovah Nisi. He can be all these things. He can have these names, right? And, and he, can, he can establish that. He can, he can be seen as that here on this earth. But he can only re- be revealed as father through his children. And he has spoken that into you. He has spoken you to be sons and daughters of God. He has spoken that into you that you would rise up and take your place, that you would come into alignment, that you would come into agreement and be just like what Mary says, saying, Be it unto me according to your word. So let me ask you, what has God asked you today? What has he told you? What has he given you a fresh, freshly spoken word about? What has he told you to, to be holding on to? You know, it says Mary pondered those things in her heart. She held on tightly to them. And what are some things that he has spoken over you, has spoken over your life? And maybe um, some things came your way that, that you was like, well, I don't know if this is going to happen. Or it's just too good to believe. That's just too good to be true. No, he's needing you to repent of those things and he's needing you to come into alignment with his word and be like Mary and say, be it unto me according to your word. Receive it with joy now. Begin to rejoice now, even before you see it in the natural. Begin to rejoice now. Oh, Father, we thank you so much. We thank you for your word that has been given to us, your word, your logos word that we get to read, that we get to study. But we also thank you for your rainbow word that when you speak a word into us, it contains everything that it needs to accomplish what it is set forth to do. And Father, we know that the people that are listening to this message today, you have given them specific words over their life. And Father, we pray that that seed would be implanted to them, just like James says. That James says, receive the word implanted to you that it may save your souls, that it may prosper you into the areas that he is calling you to today. And so that you will walk in that, that you being now not even being able to see it with your natural eyes, but you begin to rejoice today. And as you begin to rejoice, you begin to see things and take fruit and prosper in your life in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: for joining us today for the Hour of Power presented by the World Mission Project together with City Victory Church. World Mission Project is dedicated to reaching the lost and equipping believers for the work of the ministry around the world. You can find out more about us on www.worldmissionproject.org on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Or you can call us on 774 19 37 or 0773-17-37-33 or 773 277 3587 85 tell someone about this radio program and join with us again next time on this radio station until then this has been the hour of power presented by world mission project together with city victory church thank you so much for listening may god richly bless you and remember jesus has power for every hour of your life <laughs>